Welcome into another episode of the Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing Podcast. I'm your host, and I am Five Foot Nothing, a Hundred Nothing. All right, guys, welcome back for the first time in about a month. Um, this once a month thing, I guess, is too long for some. Uh, I was told that an episode was long overdue, so I'm going to say it's long overdue. And y'all are right, it is long overdue. And so much stuff has happened, I don't even know where to begin, where to end. I'm going to try to talk about things that haven't happened a month ago. Some things maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I don't know. We're going to run through this and have some fun today because football is around the corner. And I know there's other football starting, but I'm talking Notre Dame football because that's the one we care about. I, I'm, I'm going to watch the other football that's starting before we play on September 3rd, but... All we care about is Notre Dame, and that's 18 days away. That's three Saturdays away. It's it's close. It is very very close. So um, I do want to talk about a lot of stuff. Is I mean, there's so much stuff to talk about. We're gonna talk about the news about Notre Dame potentially staying independent because of some NBC deal with the Big Ten. That ties Notre Dame in. We'll talk about Avery Davis and his just bad, bad luck. Not the not luck of the Irish for this guy. Feels so bad for him. Uh, you know, Tyler Buckner was named quarterback. Shocker. We'll discuss it. Uh, preseason rankings suck. I'm going to go on a rant about that. Because I do every year. That's, that's going to be a staple of this show real quick. Every preseason, I'm going to poo-poo the entire ranking system. It's ridiculous. We'll get there. Uh, recruiting stuff. We got some recruiting flip-flops happening. Or not. We'll see. Shamrock series. They're proud of their shit. We'll, we'll discuss. <laughs> but And then we'll, I'm going to finish up talking about our over-under win total. The OSU game. Not going to preview that. Definitely don't have time for that today. Uh, that'll probably be the next time after today that I talk to you guys. We'll be previewing Ohio State. But there's so much to talk about. And uh, I don't know. Maybe it'll be under an hour. Maybe it'll be over an hour. Get comfortable. Grab a beverage. And let's go. Watch it for the changes. And try to keep up. All right. So I'm going to start with recruiting. There's been a lot of good things, obviously. Notre Dame is, they're, we're being tagged, they're recruiting champs of July, and et cetera, et cetera. Well, the fact of the matter is we're still, for 2023, the number two ranked recruiting class behind now Alabama. And Ohio State dropped to fourth. Huh. We had a battle with them going on for a while. Now, it's fun to talk that shit right now because we are number two. We're only behind Alabama. And that's nothing to be ashamed of. Everybody's been behind Alabama for how many years now? The problem is we are potentially 
more than likely, sadly, losing or getting a decommitment from Keon Keeley. And he will likely be going to the only school in, currently in front of us, Alabama, in the recruiting rankings for 2023. Now, the thing that sucks is he's the one and only five-star. He is the top recruit in that class. He recruit he committed over a year ago. Uh, and it's I don't know how to explain it, just that he's that good. He got better. He got more highly touted. He earned higher ratings. He moved up the charts. He was already a five-star when he committed to Notre Dame, but it's only gotten better. And well, that drew the attention of a lot of people. So, and the, a lot of people uh, call it what it is. They're last 10 years in terms of winning things that matter, such as national championships, have been a little bit more uh, trophy case filling than Notre Dame's has been because we haven't won anything. So Keeley is being drawn to Alabama. Uh, then you got Richard Young saying, oh, we're going to flip Keeley. I, I don't like that stuff, but I get it. <clears throat> like I, I don't like that. Like, it's just, it's a known thing. Like, hey, who cares who, who you committed to, who you did this, who you did that? You got people actively trying to flip you. I don't I don't have an issue with that because we're doing the same thing. And it's ridiculous for, you know, hey, you can't do it, but we can. That, well, that's not cool. I just, the, the, the Richard Young thing was, uh, it's one thing to, hey, come play with me. You know, let's, let's build something. Let's, let's have fun together, whatever. But to flat out say, I'm flipping him. I thought that was interesting. And then that tweet got deleted. That's whatever. But Keon Keeley is probably not going to be wearing a gold helmet. And that sucks. It does. Defensive, and you, you would think defensive line, Notre Dame has a history, building a history of sending solid defensive linemen to the NFL. Um, it, it's going to be a hit. However, there's a lot of ways to look at this and still be positive. It's easy to be negative. It's easy to be a punk. I don't know. I'm I'm not going to be too derogatory about this, but it's easy to be a punk about this as a Notre Dame fan and say, well, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, uh, screw Keon Keeley. <clears throat> Forget his family. All this guy, I've seen it. People are saying it. <clears throat> if he does flip, that's the, what they're saying and, I'm I'm not I'm not with that, okay? That's that's not something we need to do. Alright? <clears throat> it sucks he's not coming here. Well, it's not official. I shouldn't talk like it's already a done deal. But should he not stick with his commitment to Notre Dame and does go to Alabama, yeah, that sucks. But to wish ill will and you know, wish bad things to him, and that's, come on, guys, like, let's be somewhat mature about this, this is a big decision, and it's easy for us to say, it's easy for me to sit in this chair, and next to my cat, and look out a window, and, you know, say whatever I want to say, I've never been in Keon Killy's position, never will be, never, it's never going to be a thing, um, I'm five foot nothing, a hundred nothing, 
You know, that's facts. I Yes, I played D3 football. It was not a very hard decision for me. I didn't have many offers and places I could go. So <clears throat> let's <clears throat> let Keon and his family do what they need to do throughout with this process. And I will say, not to not to be a punk, but this is clearly strictly a football decision, which is fine. That's what he's playing. That's what we want him to do at Notre Dame. But I the four for forty, the the things Notre Dame offers Outside of football, uh, is in my opinion, is grander than what Alabama can offer. So it would be nice <clears throat> to get him and, you know, prioritize those sides of things. But football is on the up, okay? Let's, let's not act like, well, you know, well, obviously Alabama has football and we're, we're, we don't right now. <clears throat> Marcus Freeman is bringing this program to a new level. I believe that 100%. And people, oh, you're winning the recruiting battle. Who cares? Do it on the field. Well, guess where it starts? In recruiting. There was a reason Brian Kelly's Notre Dame teams won all the games they did, but then lost the ones that we did. is because we had the talent, which was top 10-15 annually, which is Okay, but that's enough to beat, you know, the win the 10 games on our schedule that, you know, usually like eight to nine of those are like should be locks to win. And then you have one maybe eh, tougher opponent. Um, and I don't mean Toledo, <laughs> to be clear, or Ball State or Vanderbilt. Um, but uh, we win those games and then we... The, the, the ones that have equal or better talent, it's not even a competition. And the reason being is because the recruiting is sucked. We're going against teams that have recruited better. You look at Clemson. You look at Alabama. You look at Georgia. It, they're getting top five classes. And you, you keep hearing it. Uh, people talk about it. If you want to compete, it starts in recruiting. It starts with talent. You can coach up every three-star on the planet Earth. You can coach them up to the best of their ability, Ian Book. And guess what? It's just, at the end of the day, raw talent, just God-given ability, is going to win. Because guess what? I'd rather have a four- and five-star guy get coached up to the best of their ability. Because if you coach up four- and five-stars, they're going to beat all the coached-up three-stars 99 times out of 100. So, the you 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 want to be in the conversation with Keon Keeley, okay? So it's again watch it for the changes and try to keep up, please. <laughs> uh, you look at like when Brian Ke- we were not in this boat with Keon Keeley. So Marcus Freeman's building the, the team, he's building the program, and there's going to be bumps along the way. And does that mean we don't get to keep Keon Kelly? Maybe so. And that sucks. But again, you got to look at it. You got to find the silver lining. And it might be the silverest lining you you can possibly imagine, which I'm trying to get there. And that's 
in the last 12 years prior to Marcus Freeman's arrival, were we even getting commitments? And I'm forget commitments. Were we even getting considerations from dudes like Keon Keeley? I I say no. <laughs> I say no. We don't. That's. I mean, you can't argue that. Go look back. Go look at the recruiting. We're not getting those dudes. We're getting some of those dudes, but the how, how do you? want to phrase it but just the the ones we were getting were Notre Dame guys it made so much sense you're like oh of course that that five star and that high high four star is coming to Notre Dame because they are exactly what Notre Dame is we need to get the guys that aren't what you would immediately think of and that's a problem oh Bayou Brian looked at oh he's a Notre Dame fit so let's get him and eh, he's not quite a Notre Dame fit but he's got insane talent and I'm not saying just bring in anybody who's anybody and, you know, water down the uh, the Notre Dame side of things, the university side of things, the academic side of things. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying you, you can't run the recruiting race with blinders on. And we're finally getting the guys who were just a little outside the <clears throat> peripheral vision, and we're getting them. And... We got to start winning on the field to keep them, <clears throat> and I know it's so weird. Catch twenty two, right? I just said the only way to win is to get the talent, get the four and five stars. But in order to get the five stars, you have to win. I realize how ridiculous that sounds, but we're getting closer. We're getting the commitments. I just hate that we're getting a decommitment. And the the one real quick, I saw somebody put on. Uh, Twitter about Keon Keeley potentially decommitting and the headline was Keon Keeley DE capital DE as a defensive end Keon Keeley defensive end commitment to Notre Dame and when I first read it I I really I thought he had decommitted because the way they set that up it said literally said D commitment but it was obviously the it was the positional thing the DE was defensive end but I, my, my heart sank real quick. And it's probably going to when it, if it becomes official. Because the guy's an animal. But uh, I could, I, that's enough about Keon Keeley. We also have Peyton Bowen, who's on the fence. We don't know what that's going to be. Is it Notre Dame? Is it Oklahoma? Is it A&M? I, who knows? Um, I will say this. Safety is important. Kyle Hamilton, Brandon Joseph. I get it. Um but I don't think losing Bowen will be as detrimental in terms of what we want to build at Notre Dame as Keon Keeley. Uh, but it's looking more like we're losing Keeley, and I think Bowen is more uh, still on Notre Dame's side of the fence, where uh, it feels like Keeley's already climbing the fence and got one leg over. So we'll see. But those those are the guys I... I I'd love to keep. They were commitments. But let's talk about guys that did commit recently to Notre Dame who are going to continue to build and keep us in the top five. Two four-stars, one better than the other in terms of ranking, but one four-star running back, Dylan Edwards. He's uh, 324th ranked uh, nationally recruit overall. Um, 
again, I mean, that's solid. I mean, we've, we've got a good running back room, but it, you can never have too much talent at any one position, maybe except quarterback, as we've learned. You know, and real quick, shout out to Miles Brennan. Brian Kelly ran you off too. That's that's hilarious. Um, but you can never have too many talented running backs. And shoot, we I know he's next year, but I don't know. Is Ty- Tyree gonna jump in the slot? I don't know. We're gonna discuss that. But you just you can never have too many talented running backs. You can never have too many talented wide receivers. There's so many positions that you could just just get all the talent you can and and figure it out. Don't worry about, uh, well, we already got this guy and this guy and this guy. No, keep keep bringing it in. Um, but uh, we got uh, Dylan Edwards. Then uh, Jaden Osbury, linebacker, num- number 105th ranked overall recruit. Very high four-star. But the, the fun thing about Osbury is, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, or you, you might know it if you're following close enough, this young man is straight out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And there there is a school, and you guys might know, there is a school that resides in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They, they play football. They wear uh, yellow and purple. And that's where our uh, wonderful Brian Kelly, Bayou Brian, went down to coach. So, I, I mean, the jokes write themselves, don't they? I mean, come on. We we t- it was talked about how poor and lazy and whatever Brian Kelly was as a recruiter, and and I hate talking about Brian all the time. It's just it's just gonna be the way it is for a little while. Just roll with it. But uh, everybody talked about how bad of a recruiter he was. He was lazy. He didn't do the the little things to get guys this that and the other. Then he's got this awesome linebacker, literally on his front porch. And he can't even keep... I guess the Tesla doesn't drive to where he was. I don't know. I don't know where Jaden lives. But it was in Baton Rouge. And Baton Rouge is not that big. And even if it is that big, you still have the same... Your Baton Rouge is Baton Rouge. It's like Corpus Christi, Texas. Corpus Christi, Texas. If we had some badass university... Well, Texas A&M University, Corpus Christi is pretty badass. I went there. But if we had some badass university and some badass recruit... And you couldn't keep him in Corpus Christi, a town of 400,000 people. I don't know how big Baton Rouge is, but I imagine it's somewhere in the hundreds of thousands. It's not big enough that how, – how are you not getting – how are you not keeping that guy in? And football is life there. Trust me. LSU fans care about football in the most unhealthy way. Like, really. I'm, I'm close enough to the state – and I went to the 07 Sugar Bowl. I, I know some guys that are LSU fans. They're they're gigantic assholes. They're just they're not good people. They're they're rude, disrespectful, drunken morons. And maybe that's why I didn't want to go there. He's like, I've seen the fan base. No, thank you. That might be it. But if he couldn't keep a dude in Baton Rouge, in Baton Rouge, when you are LSU. I don't know. Maybe that says everything we need to know about how Brian Kelly recruited for Notre Dame, even though the stories came out after he left because the people who knew the stories couldn't write the stories because they needed access to talk to Brian Kelly to write the stories to keep a job. Anyway, we got Osbury. We got Edwards. I don't know what's going to happen with Keeley. I don't know what's going to happen with Bowen, but we got just keep moving forward. Keep, keep going. 
and it would be sweet if we could, if we could get a uh, a re- wide receiver recruit to like reclassify and jump on board now, or find some late late transfer portal dude. Um, again, we'll get to Avery Davis, but that's all. Uh, that's the recruiting stuff for right now. Uh, you know, more stuff will happen. I I'm sure, and. The, the the trajectory is still going up. We're still positive. And yes, Keon Keeley, should he decommit, will bring us down uh, in the rankings a little bit. But I don't think it's going to be the... it's We're not going to go from 2 to 12. You know, we're going to drop 10 spots. So we'll see. <clears throat> Just stay positive. Keep being optimistic because there's no reason not to be with what Marcus Freeman is doing with our program. Speaking of what Marcus Freeman does with our program, the the life, <clears throat> the fun, the the stuff he does is is so <clears throat> anti and not what BK Broiler used to do. Uh, and the thing is, the stuff BK did do, it it felt forced. It felt like like I really don't want to do this, but I kind of have to. And with Freeman, it's all just that's just who he is, man. Like and I know there's a huge age difference and that helps, you know, being able to connect with these kids and whatnot. He's cool, he's hip, but it's legit. It's not an act. It's not a performance. It's none of those things. That's who he is. I mean, the we're wearing green for Cal, the green jersey, and guess what? We're we're gonna Irish wear green, and the Irish are gonna wear green. And he made a that was hilarious. That little video he put out, he literally read social media posts. About, hey, Irish wear green, except the team. Irish wear green. You think the uniforms will be green? Probably not. Like, just, he literally read off all these tweets and just, like, laughed about it. And he's like, man, what is this? Like, yes, Irish wear green versus Cal. And yes, the team will wear green. Let's go. Um, but not to be outdone, he does. I, I don't even think what I'm about to talk about can ever. Like he just set the bar so high, and I love it. But he did set the bar high when the video of the Shamrock Series uniforms came out. the The hangover theme, getting Fosky and Mayer, the Golics, like I that that movie. I I still quote that movie uh, on a weekly basis. I mean, who doesn't? You know. Who doesn't throw a, an Allen line in there, uh, you know, or stew or whatever, you know? When we, <laughs> me and my wife just, I said it last night. We went out to dinner. We had a, a date. We get the bill, and I'm like, oh, my God. I'm so fucked. <laughs> Here's the receipt. Oh, God. Here we go. Um, but the video was amazing. Like, everybody loved it. I did find it funny. LSU fans are oh, cringeworthy. That's so cringe. And they're just butthurt that we made fun of their recruiting video. Or not recruit. Yeah, it was recruiting with Brian Kelly. All their stupid videos that made no sense and was clearly an act. Meanwhile, Freeman knocks it out of the park. And anybody who is independent in terms of not having any animosity, just have animosity towards Notre Dame, like LSU fans, everyone loved it. It was fantastic. It was awesome. It was... that is cool it was just awesome and I I really want and I think Mayer is the type of guy who would love it uh, 
Um, if he should be tripped or fall down in a game, now that Notre Dame has a gigantic video board, um, they need to play the clip of Golick Jr. saying <laughs> the All-American tight end fell down. That would be awesome. If every time every time he went down, screw it. Just every time he gets tackled. Uh, but no, I I think that would be a, just a fun thing to... We need to keep the hangover theme going all season. You know, like, just randomly. How dare you? She's a nice woman. What? Why? Who knows? It'll get the... It'll be funny. Just bring joy. Bring joy to this season. And just keep the hangover thing running. And uh, I can't wait. I'm sure the week of October 8th, BYU, Notre Dame, and Vegas, there's going to be hangover stuff just left, right, upside down, backwards. I'm sure all all the, my people out there that make t-shirts... You gotta uh, get the uh, Notre Dame hangover themed T-shirts going. You know, get a T-shirt with Baby Carlos wearing a gold helmet, or uh, something. That I don't know. I got ideas, but I don't know how to do any of that stuff. I know how to make Irish jerseys. I do that, but that was just my idea put into to a jersey. I mean, my idea on a T-shirt. I I don't know who to reach out to, where to start, but. If you do know all that stuff, please make some Notre Dame hangover crossover theme attire. That would be tremendous. And if you do, uh, make it so I can buy it. Like if you don't mind, like if you're gonna do that, because it it appears Under Armour and Notre Dame are awfully proud of their some Shamrock series shit. I mean, woo! I I mean the jerseys are clean, and I'm gonna get one if they release a stitch one. I'm telling them right now. I don't. I want the screen printed one. Like I, I want to. I want to be as close to authentic as possible. I've got every Under Armour Samrock Series jersey sitting in my closet. I want to add to the collection, especially when this is the nicest one they've made. It's so clean. But I do need the stitch one, and I don't know what what fuckery Notre Dame and Under Armour and whatever. I don't know what they're doing, but good lord, get your shit together, and. Make it affordable. I don't need to take out a goddamn second mortgage on my house so I can get some magic hoodie that must have gold flakes in it. Because how on God's green earth is a a, a sweatshirt? A sweatshirt is $104.99? Are you out of your mind? My, my dad messaged me and said, that's almost the airfare for my mom and dad to get to Vegas for the game, which they are going to. Hey. I, I I was beside myself. I'm like, so what what does this what does this sweatshirt do that makes it worth hundred and five dollars? Like does it if you put it on like at, as the clock strikes midnight on October eighth, you throw it on and all of a sudden the gold flakes like light up and your tra- a beam of light takes you and transfers you to the was Allegiant Stadium in Vegas and boom you're at the game. Cause that's what a hundred and five dollar sweatshirt should fucking do. I don't know how else to justify $105 for an article of clothing. It just keeps you warm. And I get it. It says Notre Dame. It's got Under Armour's logo on it. Whatever. I, I'm i not paying money for the, the designers that make expensive shit. Sorry. Not for me. But I... So if you do make a fun Notre Dame hangover crossover shirt, make it so I can buy it. That'd be awesome. And if 
you know, it is super expensive and you make it, I, I'll support it and, you know, say, hey, awesome shirt. That's too expensive. Thank you, though. But if you guys want to send me money, I, that would help, too. There's ways we can work around what it costs and what I can afford. But I, like I said, I did make the, the Irish green jersey, and that's still, that's still popping. Thank you. Thank you all. Everyone who's reached out to me and ordered one, I got another order, and it should be here hopefully in time for me to get it to you guys for September 3rd. We'll see. But uh, my dad has one, and we'll talk about October 8th when it's obviously closer to October 8th versus uh, August 16th. But my dad will be wearing the same Irish green jersey I've made for all you guys. So if you're going to that game, dude, wear that jersey, find my dad, and then just like send me pictures. And then I'll you know send them to him. Like, hey, there's, these are all the people I never met that you met first. I just, that, that would be funny to me. He has nothing to do with this podcast. He has nothing to do with anything on Twitter. And he would meet a lot of you guys before I would and... You know, that's kind of funny to me. But, uh, yeah, so Shamrock Series unveiling was awesome. Love it. Not a fan of the cost of the gear for the the game. You know, so maybe I'll find it, uh, somebody trying to sell it on eBay for half the cost because they bought it and they realized they had to pay their bills and they spent all their bill money on Shamrock Series, Under Armour, Notre Dame stuff. With magic gold flakes in it. So. If you did buy one of those sweatshirts. That's awesome. They are clean. They are beautiful. Power to you. I couldn't get there. Sorry. (laughs) But. Enough of that. All that. Let's talk about actual football coming up. Alright. And here. I just want a little bit of a rant about money. Let's keep the rants going. And talk about preseason rankings. Why? Why? Why do they exist? Here's why. Because you get to talk about number two Ohio State versus number five Notre Dame. And uh, I don't even know where the hell Oregon's ranked, but I only wrote down the top ten because I don't care. I don't. I wrote down the top ten, but I do not care. Georgia's three, Oregon's whatever. Ah, look at that. We're going to hype up this game because it's top five matchup. It's a top whatever match. That's all it is. It's... Something that the media can write about. And because, like, if you didn't do this, you couldn't just say Ohio State versus Notre Dame, huge game. You could. That's my point is Ohio State versus Notre Dame, forget what number is next to each team. That's a big deal when it's Ohio State and Notre Dame in the same game. Ohio State, huge on its own. Just Ohio State by itself, huge. Notre Dame, Probably even bigger than Ohio State on its own, by itself. Put the two together, you got a huge fucking game. But it doesn't mean anything if there's no numbers next to the team, right? Whatever. It, we don't know what Ohio State or Notre Dame is going to be. We, we're going to project. We can project what they're going to be. We can guess. And that's what preseason rankings are. It's a fucking guess. It's never right. It's a waste of time and energy. And here's what ends up happening. Now, you could argue the college football playoff kind of, you know, alleviates some of what I'm about to say, and they, they have their own thing. But what the preseason rankings do is artificially keep up a team where they should have dropped already, or it artificially keeps down a team that should move up because, wow, they started the season not even ranked. I mean, how good are they really? 
Well, uh, let's see. Um, you made a guess based on zero football games, and now you've got, say, five football games, and you're hanging on to the ranking that was established when no football games were played. Yeah, that makes sense. I get it. I understand. Totally. Then you got the you know the other end of the spectrum. Well, they were a top ten team to start the year, uh, so I know after five games they don't look great, but they must be good because they were preseason top ten. Okay, so again, we're gonna go off of no football as the barometer on how we're gonna like. That's why they need to be ranked where they are because when no football was played and it was all new, everything, new quarterback, new coach, new running back, new coordinators, whatever the fuck, new everything. We made a guess, and we got to stick to that guess, even though the actual football games being played tell us a completely different story. So let's find, let's hang on to preseason rankings, and you know, let's let's get married to preseason rankings. I don't understand it. Yay, Notre Dame is five. Cool. Like I, I can't be excited. Notre Dame's five when I really don't care about the preseason rankings. Like there should be there should be no rankings till the first month, and maybe, maybe even after that, maybe five games. Because let's be real, I mean there is a couple games in the beginning: Alabama, Texas, Oregon, Georgia, Notre Dame, Ohio State. There's going to be some games that'll kind of tell you like, hey, give you a little more information. But after Notre Dame plays uh, that game, what do they got? Marshall and Cal? No, is it? No, it's Marshall and. Uh, I don't know. I don't have the schedule in front of me. But my point is, typically, outside of maybe a one-off like that, the first three games these big teams play are against Sisters of the Poor. They play nobody. They play a glorified high school. uh, And they win. Does that really tell you anything about the team? I don't know. Some of these games, the starters don't even play after the half. So who knows? But then you get into, like, the, you know, fourth, fifth game. Okay, now we're talking about playing people worth a damn. So, I just think the rankings don't need to come out in August when no football has been played. And especially, and this season might even be one of those, like even more so. There's been so many outside of Alabama and Georgia. The top five, Alabama, their shit's pretty much the same. I mean, you got Saban, it's, they're doing what they do. Ohio State, whole new coordinator. They lost all their receivers and... Uh, defensive coordinator, uh, real quick. Defensive coordinator, who is the guy who we were up twenty-eight to seven in the Fiesta Bowl. He's running that de- the Ohio State defense. He went from one OSU to another OSU. Does that mean we can dominate him? I don't know. Ohio State's got better players than Oklahoma State, but we learned last year. And I'm not trying to do an Ohio State preview, but we learned last year. Marcus Freeman is a great defensive coordinator, and it took him a minute to get his ducks in a row and get totally in sync and organized with his defense. So you got Ohio State. Going to have to go through some of those growing pains potentially this year, right? So Alabama, the same. Ohio State, new coordinator. A lot of new faces on on the field. They're great because Brian Hartline recruited them and they just keep recycling NFL-talented receivers is what it is. Georgia, they're pretty much the same. And they just won the national championship. Then you got Clemson. They just lost their long, long, long time defensive coordinator. He went to Oklahoma. Who's number nine, by the way, in these rankings? Uh, Clemson, I, who knows? They, their defense 
saved their ass last year because DJ Ukulele didn't know what the hell he was doing, I think. I I know, but Beef, Marty, you guys can help me out on that. But, and yeah, if you're not listening to Sluggo, go listen to Sluggo. Good guys. Uh, I don't know what DJU was doing, but the offense was not awesome. Defense kept him in the game. Well, guess what? The guy who was running that defense soundly for many, 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 many years is no longer there. So are they the fourth best team? Who the fuck knows? Notre Dame! I mean, I'm, do I need to run down what's different about Notre Dame with these rankings? You know, uh, coaching staff, player personnel. I mean, the, the list is extensive. So is Notre Dame the fifth best team in the country? I have no idea. And neither do you. <laughs> if you. Hey, if you do know, if you do know why they are, I mean, and, and they are the fifth best, best team, direct message me Twitter at 5 foot nothing pod. Shoot me an email, 5 foot nothing pod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear it. I love the interaction. Maybe you'll give me content for the show. Tell me what you know that I don't. I'd love to hear it. Uh, so that's top five. All these different parts. Somehow that's the top five. Texas A&M, Utah, Michigan, Oklahoma, Baylor, right behind them. And that's, I mean, Michigan is, is a lot of similar stuff. Uh, I don't think they're going to do what they did last year by any stretch. And it doesn't help that their recruiting is in the shitter. That's tremendous. I don't know how you win the Big Ten for the first time in, I forget how many years. I, I should know this. I said it so many times on Twitter. Uh, was it 16? I think it was the first time in 16 or 17 years they won the Big Ten. And they went to the college football playoff, and the reward for that was recruiting took a dump. <laughs> I think that all, all, all of it for me goes back to Jim Harbaugh taking an interview for the Vikings on National Signing Day. I feel like that was a, you know, hey, I, I don't give a shit. But to each their own. Uh, but the preaching rankings are a joke, they don't mean anything. Uh, this 1 through 10, well, obviously, is going to change. Notre Dame plays Ohio State, uh, so 2 and 5 play, so obviously these won't be the same rankings after week 1. But by week 3, like, I just, I don't know. It's strictly media-driven. But you know what? It allows me to go on a however long rant that was about preseason rankings. So, Whatever. But what will keep us as a top five team is great quarterback play. And if you hadn't heard, TB12 is QB1. I'm not surprised. Pine is a great number two. And you you could argue Pine did things better than Buckner last year. Fair. Buckner was also a true freshman who hadn't played football in a long time because his senior season got taken away from him. And he had an injury his junior year. So, he hadn't played football in a while. And you still saw flashes that show he's more talented than Drew Pine. Drew Pine's a great guy. You could tell. He's just a good dude. He's a Notre Dame guy. He's a good dude. Um, but Buckner's just, he, he's, he's got the skill set. Now, what does that mean? It means he's got the skill set to do great things, but he still has to execute and do the great things. So, you know, and at least it puts an end to the ridiculous 
bullshit when you talk about what Notre Dame can do this year and how they're going to do against Ohio State. And well, you don't even have a quarterback. You don't even have a quarterback. I was nervous. They keep telling me I don't have a quarterback. I thought we were running the Wildcat all season. You know, like shit. It's going to be tough if we don't have a quarterback. I don't know how. You're right. If we don't have a quarterback, we're not going to win many games. That's fact. But that was their way of saying Buckner sucks. Buckner's unproven. Um, there was a kind of, sort of quarterback competition. I I don't know. Uh, people just hate. But I can't wait to see what he can do. Um, he's got the arm. He's got the legs. He's... He's, he's going to be a player, but it is important to keep Pine's motivation at, at its highest level, which I don't think is a problem for Marcus Freeman. I don't think motivation and excitement is going to be an issue. He is not BK Brother. He's, he's not. He's going to keep those guys motivated and excited and everything else. And I say that because the way P- Buckner does play, as we saw last year, does potentially lead to some injuries. And I don't want to, don't want to talk about that. Don't want to think about it, but it is a reality. So, but Buckner was named QB one. Awesome. So like, sweet. We got a quarterback. Let's go. Let's start practice. Let's let's get everybody in sync even more so than you already been. You know who your guy is, Avery Davis. God damn, we don't have him anymore. Like I and that guy. Oh man, I there's. You feel bad when guys get hurt. Of course you do. It's That sucks. Especially when it's a non-contact thing that you, you can't control, you can't help. You just... It, it just sucks. You feel for the guy. He's What hasn't he done uh, for Notre Dame? He's sacrificed so much. You know, um, like... It, he was from Texas. I remember him being recruited and uh, thinking it was a huge deal because he was a badass quarterback in high school. And he came to Notre Dame as a quarterback. Then we were thin at running back, and I asked him to move to running back. And he did. And then that offseason, we, I guess we had enough running backs, and he said, hey, Avery, we need you to play quarterback on the defensive side of the football. And he said, okay, let's do it. So we did. Then he was... The next, the following season, so he goes from quarterback to running back to cornerback, all in his freshman sophomore year, and then they're like, "Hey, uh, we're gonna actually need you to play wide receiver," and he said, "Okay, well, let's go," and he finally found a spot. I mean, he, you, we all remember the the Clemson catch. We all remember the moments that he he was shining. Uh, the dude was lined up to be a stud. He was gonna be the slot guy. And, you know, we had a devastating ACL injury in the opposite knee of what he did last year. And that's just, man, that's it's so crushing, you know. Um, so I I wish him a uh, healthy, speedy recovery. I don't know if he'll ever suit up again for Notre Dame. I don't know. But uh, it's, it's unfortunate because he is he's a captain for a reason. Because of all the sacrifices he made, he's clearly a leader, and he was he was good, he was a good player. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens with him. But we can't harp on that too much because now 
we have to figure out what the hell we're going to do in the slot. Because if you go check the depth chart, and I, I, I don't recommend doing this because I was curious. It's like, well, who's the, who's the backup for Avery Davis? Um, uh, it's one person and only one, and that is the one and only Matt Salerno. Now, I'm not – Matt Salerno's a good guy. Obviously, he's playing D1 football, and I never got to do that. So he's doing something right. But if we watched him play that, he was the fair catch specialist on the punt return. And God, please don't let that be our special teams this year. Please. Uh, I'm spacing on uh, our special teams coach now. Brian Mason. Please, please encourage them to run the damn football. Fair catch it when you're supposed to. I'm not saying don't fair catch it. But good Lord, let's try to flip the field once. What do you say? But uh, Salerno ain't going to do that. But he's the only backup at the slot, which presents the question of what do we do at the slot? Now, you've got a lot of options here, right? Now, Salerno's going to get some playing time. It's just that's just how it's going to go. We can't fix that. Um, He's going to play, but he's just... We, he's limited. We know he is. So he's not going to be electric. He's not going to be Avery Davis. So what are we going to do? Do we move Tyree out there? Because we got solid running backs with, you know, Diggs, who looks like he might be a go for week one. You know, if he's healthy, cool. Don't force him back, though. We need that guy. But that's fine. We got uh, the minibus. Well, not really the minibus, just the, the second edition of the bus. The bus, two in Audric Estime. Uh, you know, we, the running back position, I think will be okay. Do we move Tyree out? I don't know. Do you bring in a Bowman or Barong, uh, the tight ends and put them out wide, not really to play the slot, but just to put another receiver on the field, uh, another pass catcher, you know, in Notre Dame tight end U, we've had some stud tight ends come through that can play like that like Mayer, like Eifert, like Rudolph. We've had dudes that can go out and play the tight end position almost like a receiver. Do you do that? Do you switch where these guys have been practicing and learning the position? Like Lindsey, do you move him to the slot? Uh, do you like move Styles to the starting out wide? Do you bring him inside? Like I don't know. <laughs> and... Well, if I did, I'd I'd be in South Bend and you know I'd be sitting in on the meetings. But I don't know what the next move is. Do you bring Watts back to the offensive side of the football? Real quick, I'm not a fan of that one. Um, I think he played great. He showed a lot as a safety, and I feel like as we saw from Georgia, you know, I'd rather build up our defense. And let the offense figure itself out with the guys who are on offense. You know, I know Watts started at receiver and moved to safety, but I like him at safety. I, I think he should stay there, and we need to figure out what we got with our offense. <clears throat> if Tyler Buckner is what we believe him to be and want him to be and all that good stuff, we should be okay. That's, uh, you know, we should be able to make this work. All right? And, you know, do we do we just move guys around, Colsey, um, you know, we got Joe Wilkins should be coming back at some point. He, I heard he started running. 
Um, I don't know uh, how quickly he'll be back, but it is a foot thing, and we know about foot things with Kevin Austin, so we we don't want to rush him back. But he should be back in the fold, not for Ohio State, but at some point in the season. Um, but the one guy that's showing out in camp so far, from what I can read and hear, uh, guys who are informed on podcast who know stuff, Tobias Merriweather is apparently going to be a badass. <clears throat> Problem is he's not going to be a slot guy because he's tall. And light. He's just he's just not a slot guy. He's not built like one. And so um, I just don't know. But um, Tommy Reese is going to have some work to do to figure out how to align this offense without Avery Davis on the field. And you know I'll say it again that I think Avery Davis the player is is a big big hit. But Avery Davis, the person, is a potentially a bigger hit. Just who he is and how he uh, leads and he's a captain, all that kind of stuff. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, you know, <clears throat> and as we uh, look forward to more Notre Dame football starting in 18 days, <clears throat> We just got some news that Notre Dame may be staying independent. And they'll be staying with NBC. Which, well, not that they'll be staying with NBC, but NBC is, has a, a huge role in why they could stay independent. And we get more Peacock. Yay for that. Yay for that. Sorry. just I was trying not to get mad about the Peacock. But, man, I did not enjoy watching the Toledo game last year on Peacock. I didn't enjoy watching the spring game on Peacock. But I get to watch the game, so I guess that's good. Well, again, got to find the silver linings, guys. Silver linings playbook. I get to watch the game. Not how I want to watch it. And probably I'm going to have to turn off my phone for that fucking game. I'm going to have to turn off my phone. Because all the accounts that are at the game and post Notre Dame touchdown fucking uh, I already forgot who we're playing you know what because I don't care I already forgot who the, who the game <laughs> I already forgot which Notre Dame game is on Peacock um, <clears throat> but I'm going to have to watch it without my phone because by the time I see it on my television <clears throat> it's uh, it's already happened, and I've already been notified about it. UNLV, I I, I knew I'd get there. Just give me a second. Uh, but yeah, Notre Dame UNLV will be on the Peacock, and I just that's what I hated the most is I like to be on Twitter. We all do. That's how that's how this whole thing started. That's why I'm sitting in this chair talking to you guys today. That's why I made the friends I made uh, via Twitter, Notre Dame circles. And now I've I've got a game where I probably can't be on it. Or I'm going to have to temporarily block or mute so many accounts because I want to watch it live. I I do. I don't want to see a notification at the top of my phone while I'm trying to watch the game. And we're on our own 30. And it's second down and four. And I get a notification that Tyler Buckner, you know, just threw a a 12-yard touchdown pass. I'm like, 12? Like, what do you mean? We got 70 yards to go. Oh, that's because uh, there's three more plays that you haven't seen yet that have already happened in the stadium. I'm just 
you know, I'm, yeah. I'm already getting mad about it, and it's a long time away. Anyway, back to the NBC staying independent situation. Um, there's a report that Big Ten and NBC are coming together for some media deal, right? Within that, it might uh, put Notre Dame at $60 million a year, where they're currently at twenty-five. So it's more than doubling their media deal revenue. So they're going to be at $60 million. And there's talks that supposedly it could get up to 75 Okay? And with that also, if NBC has Notre Dame, they're linked to the Big Ten. Notre Dame, Big Ten, you might see more Big Ten teams on Notre Dame's schedule on a more consistent, regular basis, as if we don't already have Big Ten teams on a consistent, regular basis on their schedule. But the one that was highlighted was Michigan. Cool. If we bring Notre Dame-Michigan game back on an annual basis, fantastic. Uh, my only thing with that is uh, if we're still linked into this five ACC team thing, then you put in two uh, Big Ten teams that are not current or that are currently Big Ten teams, not including USC, who will obviously be on the schedule. So there's five ACC. USC makes six. Throw in two Big Ten teams because they want to try to work Whatever. Say one of them is Michigan. There's seven, eight games. Then you obviously got to play, we got to do the Navy thing. There's nine games. Uh, I just, it, it gets tougher. And you know what? And then maybe fucking people will be happy. We'll have the schedule everybody thinks we have every, or uh, says we don't have every year that we really kind of do. Um, we do have a tough schedule, but I will say, if you're, now the ACC, who knows? ACC, Florida State, Miami, they could turn the fuck around real quick and we could have Clemson, Florida State, Miami in the same season. And USC. And Michigan. If this NBC thing and they bring the Michigan thing back. I just put it all together. I'm like, that's, that's a big ask. Um, so, but if the money is what they're saying, I think that's all the motivation to stay independent. However... As I mentioned in my last episode, there are three things that would cause Notre Dame to join a conference versus staying independent. Or staying independent versus joining a conference, right? All the same, right? It's money, path to the college football playoff, and scheduling. Now, the money, if what is being reported is true, might have been addressed because there was a huge gap. For Notre Dame versus uh, if we joined the Big Ten as opposed to staying independent, the money was so dramatically different, you'd really strongly consider joining the Big Ten, and I get it. Okay, so money. Let's cross that one out. Cross that right now. Path to the college football playoff. We don't know. And we don't know because they haven't redone the college football playoff format. As it stands now, that is not an issue for Notre Dame. We obviously can still get in. We got in twice. That's still the same format. Boom. So right now, we're still good there. So has the path of the college football playoff been impacted? It has not. Let's go ahead and cross that one out. That could change. That could change. But as it sits right now, it hasn't been affected. The last one is scheduling. Now this one's more of a gray area and kind of a question mark because Notre Dame has to make their schedules outside of the five ACC games. Um, even those are kind of 
No, those are scheduled uh, like right in the off season, I believe, because the ACC makes their schedule and then they fit Notre Dame in. But uh, the rest of Notre Dame scheduling is done years in advance, you know. <clears throat> and a lot of these teams, their non-conference games are scheduled years in advance because you have to plan for it, right? Schedule conference schedules are made. You know who you're playing. The senior conference is what it is. Conference does it, boom, boom, boom. But your for conferences, your three to four non-conference games are made in advance. Well, guess what? Notre Dame's entire schedule is made in advance. Again, I, those five ACC games, I, I say they're in advance, but they're not really. But nonetheless, majority of Notre Dame's schedule is made in advance. So will staying independent fuck Notre Dame's schedule? I don't know. Because... When USC and UCLA join the Big Ten, is that going to be how they how are they going to do their conference games? Is that going to create a situation where, um, hey, you know we we can't schedule? And I'm using the Big Ten because this NBC thing seems to link them up, Notre Dame and the Big Ten, but not actually joining the conference, but just incentivize them to play each other because it's NBC. Uh, will the Big Ten be like, hey, we can't really schedule Notre Dame that much because we got 16 team conference or whatever the hell it is. And we got plenty of tough matchups week in, week out. We can't be playing Notre Dame. Our, uh, you know, other expand, like OU and UT going to the SEC. Not that we play a lot of SEC teams, but we did play Georgia. We got Arkansas coming up. We got A&M coming up. Alabama coming up. So, and uh, Alabama's not for like almost eight, eight, nine years away. That's what I'm saying. It's very much in advance. So, I don't know if... Because the, the, I've heard so many people, oh, uh, Notre Dame's going to get freezed out. They're going to block them. They're not going to schedule them. Then then let's see what you do. You're not going to join a conference? Well, you're going to get not fucked. You're not going to get scheduled. That that could be true. I don't buy it, though. I What would happen before Notre Dame gets, quote-unquote, freezed out, if that's even a, a thing that would happen in the future, before that would happen, do you really think the Big Ten specifically, is not going to give Notre Dame every opportunity to join their conference. The value Notre Dame brings, I, guys, money is the driving force. You know, I, you can argue history, bigotry, whatever, with Michigan, Notre Dame. You, throw any reason you think why Notre Dame wouldn't join the Big Ten or the Big Ten wouldn't want Notre Dame. Money will shut all of that up. It just is what it is. That's why money was first on my list of why Notre Dame would or would not join a conference. So, if it came down to where, hey, you better join a conference or we are not scheduling you, they may give Notre Dame that ultimatum, but they're going to give them the option. And I firmly believe that. I don't think they're just going to not even tell them, like, hey, we're not scheduling you. Sorry, peace out. Yeah, we don't want the value Notre Dame brings to our conference. That's ridiculous. So to think Notre Dame would just get freezed out or blocked or whatever, you know, I I don't buy that for a second. I don't. Does that mean Notre Dame won't join a conference? And then I I, I told that to somebody. I said that that that's what Notre Dame wouldn't get freezed out like that. Well, then just join a conference now. But why? Like for what purpose? Because Notre Dame's independence again. I said it in my last episode, is more valuable from a lot of different aspects 
than joining a conference. Again, the money has been addressed. That was the big number one. I feel like if this NBC deal is what it is, it's been addressed. Cool. And by the way, we just went over an hour. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> um, the NBC thing is is takes care of the money. That was a big thing. Now Nurem's independence, they don't have to uh, get together for voting. They don't have to get together to like whatever they want to do. They don't have another group to answer to. You know, like they can do what they want. They still have a seat at the college football playoff table as it stands. And, you know, maybe that changes. I just don't see it changing. Again, the value of Notre Dame, good, bad, or otherwise, means something. And it carries a lot of weight. You can, well, I know most of you listening are Notre Dame fans, but, you know, you can hate Notre Dame as much as you want. People do it. They seem to love doing it. Fact of the matter is Notre Dame has value, and you cannot deny that. They are relevant. As much as people want to say they're irrelevant, they're relevant, very relevant. So I think there's a, if all of this is what it is, there's a very good chance Notre Dame stays independent um, and can, you know, again, still be able to schedule the teams they've been scheduling. I mean, USC is going to be in the Big Ten. But again, this NBC-Big Ten linkage, also there's incentives for Notre Dame to play Big Ten teams because you're going to, like, it's all one, right? You already got the Big Ten on NBC, Notre Dame plays on NBC, like, and I don't know how how that all works uh, in terms of uh, will they get two games? on a Saturday when Notre Dame's the home team? I don't know, but that's probably what the incentivization is. Like, hey, Notre Dame's away this week, and, you know, or, uh, yeah, they're not, they want to get multiple NBC games. I don't know, I'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking out loud here. I, I don't know the specifics because the article wasn't very, it didn't give a ton of details, obviously, but, um, you know, we'll see. But there's a... a with this information, there's a strong chance Notre Dame stays independent as it stands now. Obviously, all those things could change. You know, we'll see. But that just came out literally right before I sat down to do this. <clears throat> that NBC and Notre Dame have uh, earned talks, like, uh, reaching a new media deal, and uh, the Big Ten and NBC are, are working on something as well. So we shall see. But I want to finish this uh, hour plus episode talking about the Notre Dame season in a whole, as a whole, okay? The over-under win total has been put at nine for Notre Dame. And here's the thing. Uh, I projected Notre Dame to go 10-2. and two. And if you'd like to hear that, go back to March 22nd, episode 45, and you will find it. I think we'll go 10-2. and two. I do think we're going to lose to Ohio State. And then it's kind of a toss-up. Will it be Clemson or USC? Um, I I said USC simply because it was on the road. Okay, you can hate me all you want. I'm. I know you're out there, P wagon. We're going fourteen and zero or fit, however many games we can play. No, I know we're doing it. I get it. But 
I try to be, you know, objective and realistic here. I want to be taken seriously. I don't, I don't know what that means, you know, for, but I'm, I'm over a thousand followers for, for all you guys. So thank you. But uh, I try to be realistic here and over under win total of nine, I put us at 10, but uh, the nine is an interesting number because I feel like, I feel like nine, I don't say guaranteed. That's, that's a bit of a big word, but nine is very, 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 very likely. Um, so it's a great number because people will probably bet the over the under and nobody wins. So you just get your money back. It's a push, you know. Uh, it would be interesting if they did like nine and a half, you know. But uh, eight and a half would have been just money. I would have bet that all day. You put eight and a half there, shoot. And I've seen ridiculous. Notre Dame's going to go seven and five. Are you fucking kidding me? If Notre Dame goes seven and five, I. I, I can't say what I'm, I'm thinking because uh, it's it's morbid. It's not right. But uh, Notre Dame goes seven and five. There has to be a a horrible horrible thing that has happened to multiple players. Uh, something, something. There's no way you're gonna go from what we had with a less motivating coach and a uh, uh, guy who can't get as much talent in the building as, as Freeman. We can't go from one to the next and drop off that much. I just don't see it. I realize we play some tough games uh, this year, tougher uh, on the top end than we've had in the past. But a, the over-under win total of nine uh, is a fair number. I think we can get to ten, and I think we'll get to ten. But you look at the Ohio State game, they already put the spreads out. Notre Dame is a four, 15, excuse me, 15-point underdog. So, uh, Two touchdowns and a two-point conversion underdog. Uh, I think, I think we can stay within that. I really do, and the reason being is, you know, people want to say, "Oh, we're so screwed. Avery Davis is hurt. That was going to be our slot guy. How are we going to score points now?" Blah 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 blah. I don't think the game is going to be won or kept close or anything on the offensive side of the football. You just have to play mistake-free football. Whether that means you're throwing to Avery Davis or Matt Salerno, it doesn't matter. You just can't make mistakes. And I saw a statistic, uh, something like the la- the last ten Ohio State losses, and I forget what it dates back to, but um, it, was, it was years because they only lose like one or two games a year or none. But anyway, uh, well, no, they had to have lost at least one because they haven't won a championship in a few years. But nonetheless. Uh, in their last 10 losses, they focus on the quarterback. And the quarterbacks have been everybody from Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, to Nate Stanley of Iowa. Uh, quarterbacks you may have never even heard of. and But the, the common thread within those quarterbacks wasn't where they got drafted in the NFL or what they did in college or any of that. It was that they were 20... They had, Touchdown interception ratio of twenty three to three. So, more than seven touchdowns for every interception. They played mistake free football. The other common thread was each team had at least a hundred yards rushing and a touchdown on the ground. And I think Notre Dame can do that. I don't think that's very hard to do. Uh, I Ohio State struggled defensively last year, and again they brought in a new defensive coordinator. But I don't think game one right out the box, it's gonna look like you know they've been playing together for 
you know, 9, 10, 11 games. If you had Ohio State at the end of the season, that's a little bit different. Same reason why I feel the way I do about USC, getting them at the end of the season, they're going to have time to get all their stuff together. We'll see what happens, and you know, as that gets closer. But the Ohio State thing, if we just play mistake-free football on the offensive side, we can be in the game where we have to play <clears throat> lights out and play our, our best game and you know obviously mistake free but make plays force mistakes is on the defensive side of the ball so i'm not so up in arms that you know we don't have this guy or that guy on the offensive side i think we can do what we need to do to stay in the game and i'm not trying to say that we need to play the uh the play not to lose football that drives me absolutely insane you know the the safe football that Bayou Brian loves to play. No, I'm not saying we do that at all. I'm just saying you just can't make mistakes. That doesn't mean you don't take shots and you, you don't play aggressive. You just have to be smart about it. That's all. But on the defensive side, we got dudes who can play, guys. We do. We we can do this. Okay. Um, yes, Ohio State is electric on the offensive side of the ball, but we also have a defensive line that I wouldn't fuck around with. We got solid linebackers that have been there that are aggressive, they're excitable, you know, they can make plays. Um, Our secondary isn't great, but we did bring in Brandon Joseph. Um, uh, DJ Brown got plenty of, I think it's DJ Brown, who will be starting, but he got plenty of playing time when Hamilton was down. Like, it, Cam Hart's still there. We got guys that can play, all right? Let's not act like, we we have nobody on the defensive side to stop Ohio State. Um, do we win? I I don't think so. I'm uh, being honest. It's, I hate to admit it, but so I want to be real here. But even though we may not win, I think we can keep it within 15. I believe that. Uh, if you know, and obviously there's things that can't happen. I mean, we can't throw pick sixes and we can't make mistakes and you know things of that nature but if if we play smart football there's no reason we can't keep within 15 which will be a, a fun fun day for me and I'll I'll tell you right now and I know, beef I know you're listening and I know you hate this a, a close loss isn't a win and you know a, you know like uh, the whole uh my my buddy he he hates he hates this when we say uh, you know Notre Dame lost to Alabama yeah but we played them closer than the uh, Ohio State did the national championship so what about that or we played them closer than we played Clemson closer than he hates that and I get it but so many and, and maybe you maybe you'll agree with me here dude I don't know you, you text me after you listen to this. You got to get through an hour and like 15 minutes and then you can <laughs> finally get here. But there's so many people and I don't even think they're trying to be hyperbolic about it. They really think Notre Dame's going to lose by 35, 40 points to Ohio State. It's not going to be close. The game's going to be over by halftime. da 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 And <clears throat> I'm bookmarking all that shit. If Notre Dame wins, <laughs> oh, it's going to be a ticker tape parade on Twitter. On Sunday, 
uh, September 4th. I had to think about what month it was. You know, and maybe, shit, I might just stay up till who knows what hour in the morning, September, after the September 3rd, and just tweet, 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 tweet. But I did bookmark a shit ton of people that seem to think it's not even going to be close. Now, if it's a close game, they're going to hear from me. And Beef, I don't know if you think that's chicken shit. Like, oh, you still lost the game. And they're going to say that. I said, but you you were so adamant that it's not going to be close. And it was. So good luck the rest of the season. Because if you think chicken shit Notre Dame was going to get blown out and we hung with you, uh, you know, good luck the rest of the year. You're going to have the same sad story at the end of this season as you did last. You put up 500 million yards of offense and couldn't stop anybody. And I don't know that that's how uh, the game will go against Notre Dame if C.J. Stroud and, and their guys will put up ridiculous points. I don't in yards. I don't know. But I do feel like this game could very easily be like a, you know, a 30-24 Uh, 30-20, you know, something where the winner is right at 30 points. I don't see 52-20 to or whatever these morons are projecting. And and that's the fun part, real real quick. Also, you can't provide, you can't can't use logic and reasoning with uh, a lot of these Ohio State fans. It's quite comical, really. They get so offended. And it's like, when I sign into Twitter... I check my logic and I check my reasoning and I leave that right at home and I go in and I talk nonsense and gibberish and out of my ass is what it is. But I do think we'll keep it close. And again, we got, and then the next time you hear from me, we'll be talking about Ohio State and Notre Dame and I'll have more information. And maybe the spread goes up, maybe it goes down, I don't know, we'll figure it out. I'll tell you what to bet, not to bet. Don't listen to me, though. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not the betting guy. But uh, that's all I've got, really, today. Uh, it took a while. You know, I hope I hope you're still with me. But I, I do want to, you know, throw this out there. Uh, I think I'm going to do it for the Ohio State game. Um, so I know you guys see me talk uh, about Saturday's Count. That's their uh, Twitter handle, at Saturday's Count. You've seen me wear the shirt. The greatest catchphrase in college football. Only so many Saturdays make them count. Very true. There's 18 more days before we get to the Saturdays counting. Three more Saturdays. And then there's only 12 Saturdays that count. And that's, there's only 12 of them. Make them count. So uh, what I want to do is, uh, I was thinking how the best way to do it, but I'm, I'm going to make it simple. Um, I, I want to talk to these the Saturday count, Saturday's Count guys and see if I can uh, get somebody out there a t-shirt. You know, uh, their size. It'll say only so many Saturdays. Make them count in Notre Dame colors. That's their thing. They, they have their catchphrase in, in the team color of, of your choice. So and, and your choice will be Notre Dame. Let's just get that clear. Anyone listening who's a Clemson's fan. You're getting, you're getting a Notre Dame colored one. <laughs> but uh, what I want to do is... Uh, for the Ohio State game and the week of, I'll, I'll put it out there on Twitter. Send me your prediction on the score. Just a score prediction. Plain and simple. And the closest 
to that prediction, we'll get a shirt. You know, I was thinking about uh, incorporating in something into the episode, so you have to listen to my uh, my spiel uh, on the podcast. But I'll just put it right on Twitter; everybody can see it. You know, hopefully we get a, a lot of activity on it. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna talk to the guys to make sure we can do this. Um, but that's my plan. But but go visit those guys, and I, I know some of you out there like to uh, support other schools, maybe a family children, friends, whatever. But yeah, you can only so because you're not actually wearing uh it's the colors and you know what it means to you and every Saturday does count. But you can go get, you know, like uh down here Texan and maroon and white, you know. It it's just a color. Nobody it doesn't have the A&M logo on it. You know, uh Mississippi State. That's I should use that one cuz my buddy does have someone going to Mississippi State, but uh, just go to the Saturday's count, support those guys. They're it's a cool thing, you know. Uh, I appreciate them reaching out to me, and uh, so I'm gonna put their name out there as much as I can. But three more Saturdays, eighteen days, then it's go Irish, beat Buckeyes all the live long day. Um, but I will be back with a. A preview episode here uh, the week before or the week of uh, September 3rd. Um, I will try to do it my best. My my life gets hectic at times. I got a son playing select baseball now, and I didn't know that was gonna be. We got we had a tournament this past weekend. We got one next weekend, the weekend after, and the weekend of Notre Dame Ohio State. But luckily, the Saturday games are played in the morning. I will definitely be. In front of my television, Irish car bombs will be had, fun will be had, and it'll be a, a full go. But preview will be coming. Guys, please follow me on Twitter. Find me on Twitter at 5 foot nothing pod. Email 5 foot nothing pod at gmail.com. Uh, thank you all for listening this whole time. And this is why I need to do more frequent episodes because I'm going on an hour and 20 minutes because I had so much to talk about that came up in the last month and uh yeah i can talk nobody else interrupted me it's crazy but thank you all i will talk to you on twitter until next time five foot nothing hundred nothing out